This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Into our number three, Sportsnet today. Vickers and Gordon along with you, alongside our outstanding producers Cam and Taylor in the other room. We are here at the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios in Calgary, Alberta. Hour two, all things football. Former NFL Pro Bowler Sean Merriman dropped by the program. NFL training camps begin to open up across the league. How are you feeling after that? You called it a bucket list. I was pretty happy with that. I was pretty stoked. You look like a nice guy. Yeah, great guy. Cam voices don't meet your heroes, but... Whoa. What does Cam know? Nothing. Do we want Cam's list of heroes? He also applies that to cars. So, I don't know how that... can, Can cars be heroes? I don't know. The hero car is a real thing. I don't think it is. Also, had a stamps report an hour or two with Patty Dumas. Checking in on the stamps after a tough loss to the Ottawa Red Blacks. Getting you set for their next matchup against the Montreal Alouettes on Sunday in Montreal. But we kick off hour three. Mr. Vickers, looking back on the weekend that was for the Toronto Blue Jays. And look, we talked last week about... Seattle being one of those destinations for Blue Jays fans, right? If yep. you were a fan and you wanted to go to experience your team in a road atmosphere, where would you want to go? And the text line was full of I want to go to places that are hostile or I just want to see cool places and you know, historic buildings and a lot of people just say, Look, I just want to go to Seattle, experience all the Jays fans coming together and it's turned into quite the rivalry. Mariners fans don't love Jays fans coming down, invading the Mariners clearly love beating the Blue Jays in front of all their fans in Seattle. And the Jays had two games ripped out of their hands by a very familiar face in Teoscar Hernandez, who before the series, speaking out, was very complimentary to the Blue Jays. Went so far as to say if the Blue Jays approached him in free agency, he couldn't see himself saying no to a reunion with the Toronto Blue Jays in the offseason. Everyone was thinking, wow, Teoscar would love to come back to Toronto. We're in Seattle. We're getting set for this amazing series. But Teoscar wasn't about to go easy on his old team. He made life difficult and gave the Seattle fans something to cheer about. We'll dive into more on the uh, Toronto Blue Jays after the weekend that was for them. But to get you caught up on everything from the Jays Mariner series, Here's our own Taylor Damon with today's Jays Report. Time now for the Jays Report on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Taylor Dingman. The former Blue Jays continue to haunt the Toronto Blue Jays as they headed to Seattle to take on the Mariners. On Friday night, it wasn't until the fifth inning when Danny Jansen got the offense going, crushing a solo home run. First pitch swinging, Danny Jansen rocks the ball to left. It's gone. A solo ball. 
catcher, his 12th of the year. And the scoreless game has been broken open. Danny Jansen with a big fly to make it one nothing Blue Jays. Yusei Kikuchi also had a dominant pitching performance going five and a third inning with eight strikeouts and no runs. On to the seventh when Dalton Varsho decided he was going to score after getting a single. He stole second, advanced to third on a Danny Jansen ground out, and then scored on a wild pitch to make it 2 nothing for the Blue Jays. But in the bottom of the seventh, the Mariners started their comeback when Eric Swanson came in relief, giving up a walk to tie France. A.G. Pollock then doubled, and Mike Ford singled to score France. In the eighth, Jimmy Garcia took over, giving up a single to Tom Murphy, followed by a double to tie France to score Murphy and tie the game at two. The game would be decided in the bottom of the ninth when Jordan Romano walked Jose Caballero and Julio Rodriguez with two outs. Teoscar Hernandez singles and Caballero scored to win the game. Saturday's game was higher scoring, but still a one-run game. It all kicked off in the third when Cal Raleigh and Dylan Moore hit solo home runs on back-to-back pitches. Then two batters later, Julio Rodriguez homered to give the Mariners a 3-0 lead. However, in the top of the fourth, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit a double and scored off a Matt Chapman single. And in and an inning later, Kevin Kiermaier hit his fifth home run of the season to bring the Blue Jays within one run. Brendan Belt and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. followed suit, hitting home runs on back-to-back pitches to give the Blue Jays a 5-3 lead. Four lefties in the lineup today, all their lefties, uh, even though Gilbert coming in today didn't have significant platoon splits. And Vladdy rocks him all the left field. Morris sprinting back. The Blue Jays have gone back to back. Bedlam at T-Mobile Park. Toronto responds with a three-homer inning of its own. It's 5-3 for the Blue Jays. But in the bottom of the inning, Cal Raleigh hit yet another home run to get the Mariners within one. The Blue Jays would extend their lead when Brandon Belt scored on a Dalton Varsho single, who then scored on an Alejandro Kirk single. Nate Pearson would have a rough outing, giving up four runs over a third of an inning. Garcia would give up the game-winning run when Teoscar Hernandez doubled, scoring J.P. Crawford and Julio Rodriguez. Kevin Biggio would try to spark a comeback with an RBI single, but ultimately the Jays fell one run short to lose the game 8-9. to nine. In the final game of the series, Alec Manoa took the mound for the Blue Jays. Mike Ford's early homer gave the Mariners a 2-0 lead, but the Blue Jays' offense came alive with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Brandon Belt hitting crucial home runs. 1-1 to Belt. Swing and a high drive, deep right field. Hernandez at the wall, leaping up. It's off his glove, and it's a home run. Wu can't believe it in a crouch on the mound. Teo came within inches of robbing that home run. Instead, it's the second long ball in as many days for the left-handed hitter. Brandon Belt gives the Blue Jays a 3-2 lead. After giving up a walk and a single in the bottom of the sixth, Alec Manoa would be lifted for Tim Mesa, and Dylan Moore would hit a single to tie the game at three. However, in the top of the seventh, Whit Merrifield walked. Dalton Varsho hit a sack bunt to move Merrifield up to second and then score on a Santiago Espinal single to give the Jays a 4-3 lead which would be the game-winning run. The Toronto Blue Jays are set to face the Los Angeles Dodgers in a four-game series. Tonight, Jose Barrios will take the mound for the Jays, looking to build on his 8-7 and record this season, sporting a 
39 ERA. On the other side, Michael Grove will be on the hill for the Dodgers. Bone Varsho has had some success against him, boasting an impressive 600 average in previous encounters. Hinjin Ryu is set to join the team in LA, but it is unknown in what capacity. Nate Pearson was also optioned to Buffalo on Sunday. Chad Green started his rehab stint with the Dunedin Blue Jays on Saturday. That's your Jays report for Monday. It's a late game with first pitch going at 8.10 p.m. You can catch the game right here on Sportsnet 960. Catch the Blue Jays all season long right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thank you, Taylor. Appreciate that. Yes, the latest series of the year. This is always a tough one for Jays fans out east, Aaron. Where, uh, it's a lot the, of sympathy. The Col- a lot of sympathy. <laughs> the Colorado series. Uh, when they travel out there in the Dodgers series, it's the 10-10 first pitch out in Toronto. Once again, a reminder of why I think the Mountain Time is the uh, absolute greatest when Sweet it comes spot, to, right? to sport viewing. Latest you get is 8 o'clock starts. Usually everything NFL East Sunday is comes five. In. Yeah, anything, you know, five's a bit early, like 7, 8, that kind of works for me. Football starts at 11 a.m., on Sundays, it, it, it really uh, it really takes me out of the house for about eight nine hours a day. <laughs> Perfect on Sunday, it sure does. Uh, so the Jays salvage one against the Mariners four three on Sunday. Tim Meza picks up the win, but uh, the good news for the Jays probably the best news all weekend. Look, there's a couple close games, a couple heartbreakers. It's not the end of the world. You're still ten games above five hundred, battling for that wild card spot. Would you have liked a couple more wins? Of course you would. That's you know natural for that. But I think the biggest news was Alec Manoa having a solid outing yesterday. Was it all-star worthy? Was it Cy Young worthy? I wouldn't use any of those words. But was it damn better than he's been most of the year? Yes. And he gave your team a chance to win. And that's something he hasn't done in a long time. It's a pressure-packed situation, which we, we've come to know he loves. Right? He loves when the Rogers Center is sold out or... Being in playoff games, those big pressure moments, he considers himself one of the guys that excels in those. And I think this would qualify in front of a packed house in, in Seattle trying to avoid a series sweep. Yep. I thought Alec Manoa played really well, and I think it was a good sign for the Jays. Three hits, three runs, and five and a third. Four walks he probably would have liked to shrug off a little bit, but he did have the six strikeouts. So, yeah, it steps in the right direction. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a light switch situation getting him back to exactly where he needs to be. But if you can keep putting together one start that's better than the last start, then the next one's better than the last one, and so on and so forth, then you're starting to get the momentum going in the right direction. Uh, speaking of Alec Manoa, guy that would uh, know his situation well, former MLB catcher Caleb Joseph, who does analysis for Sportsnet, uh, dove into uh, the start for Alec Manoa with uh, Matt Rose and Peter Klein a little bit earlier on today and saw some good things that he wants to see Alec Manoa continue to work on uh, over his next few starts. I thought it was well done, and it was needed. It was much needed. He uh, coming off of a bit of a start that, for me, was one of the weirdest starts I've ever seen, his last start at Rogers Center, in that it wasn't that he pitched bad, um, but it wasn't that he pitched well. It was one of the weirdest starts in that he had a little bit of bad luck that uh, led to one thing that led to another, could have gotten out of the jam a little bit quicker, uh, a couple missed calls, uh, pitching coach ejected. And so there was kind of a lot surrounding that start. So going into this one, was hoping that it would get more 
on track in terms of the very first start he had back against Detroit where he went six innings and no runs. And uh, I thought I thought the, the crispness of the pitches was there. I thought his location was there. Um, it Pitching in Seattle for the Toronto Blue Jays is, is kind of like pitching mm-hmm. at a home game. And so uh, I think he probably fed off a little bit of that energy as well. And uh, this is a guy that's got a lot to prove. And knowing that that last start didn't go the way that he wanted it to, you know, he was going to come out and really wanted to kind of set the tone. I thought that uh, that that what he did yesterday was a, a continued building block, whereas the start before, I think it was more of just a stuck in neutral. And if this guy continues to to have building block starts for the next uh, four or five weeks, you just you just don't know what can happen. He, he gains a lot of confidence now. Before you know it, you might have that old Alec Manoa right back. When a pitcher is having a season like Alec is having. What is kind of the the checklist that you look for in a start to say things are moving in the right direction? Yeah, for him especially, it, it's about the base on balls for me, giving up uh, free passes. And that'll tell me that, A, he, he, he is a, a little bit timid in terms of getting in the zone and being able to attack inside the zone. There's two type of, types of pitchers in the big leagues, guys, that – can get you out in the zone and guys that can't get you out in the zone. And so the guys that can't, they rely on that kind of nibbling their, their pitches are always one or two inches outside of the zone. And then there's guys that just have incredible stuff and they just try and fill it up. Well, Alec Manoa with his stuff last year was always in the zone and making pitches that uh, would appear to be right in the zone float right out of it the walks have been an absolute disaster for him this year. And that's what I look for. Is he, is he in the zone because he feels like his stuff uh, confidence wise can get guys out in the zone or is he not sure? And is he kind of moving around the zone because he's trying to reduce hard contact and he's not sure about the late life and the action. And if it's uh, if it's really moving like it should, so when I when I watch him pitch, it's it's pretty obvious. Like is he is he throwing it in the zone with conviction, with a little bit of late life? The the swings major leaguers give you, they will tell you if the late life is there. You'll be able to tell that it's it's uh they're late on the fastball. They'll they'll look uncomfortable. They'll be they'll take some really wild swings on the breaking ball. Those are just a few things that I really look at uh, when it comes to Manoa. From a catcher standpoint, can you get that kind of between the lines in the middle of a game? Like, if it seems like it's going a bit sideways, do you just tell him how awesome he is and try to hope that that helps? Or are there a couple of things that catchers can do mid-game to, to try to get that kind of thing back on track? Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of different tricks of the trade. And that's that, to me, is the description of the job. That's exactly what you're trying to do. That's what you're paid to do. And certain guys need a kick in the pants certain guys need a, a, a pat on the back and some guys need a stern talking to others need the opposite it's a very difficult position as a catcher but there's great reward in being able to see something starting to trend one way and be able to pull a rabbit out of a hat so to speak or grab the magic eight ball and find the perfect thing to say to this guy to either get him back in the zone or continue to be aggressive or change the mindset from fear to uh, uh, aggressiveness. Some, some of these things that 
seems pretty simple, but in the heat of battle, a catcher can really do a lot for that pitcher. And that's part of the position that I loved. I absolutely loved that was trying to get the absolute most out of a pitcher, especially in a game where they have some good stuff and it's starting to get sideways and you can try and get that train back on the track. Sometimes it's just throwing certain pitches and certain counts. Um, being animated back behind the plate is a big thing when you have a big count and you've got a, a big pitch that needs to be made in a, in a big spot. Sometimes you'll see that catcher like do a fist pump or, you know, smack the glove and just give uh, nonverbal cues that, that bring energy. I love that type of stuff. So yeah, that's, it's a, it's a fun job. It's a fun gig that, that being a catcher is um, we'll take all the credit and none of the blame. <laughs> kind of like us, buddy. Yeah, exactly. I'll take all the uh, credit. None of the blame. Uh, that is former MLB catcher Caleb Joseph. You've heard him on Sportsnet's uh, TV broadcast for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, I thought lots of good stuff there on the Manoa side of things, how catchers can be a part of that and how you, you hope this is a good building block for him because since coming back from the minors, it was good start, bad start, and then kind of in between start yesterday. I think overall you'd probably be pretty happy with it if you're the Toronto Blue Jays and now you've got to hope that it is leading to more consistency. I know you've got Hunjin Ryu rejoining the team here in Los Angeles, but I mean, let's be honest, Alcmano was your opening day starter. And if he can get close to that guy again before the end of the season, hopefully before the playoffs, it could be a major ad for this Jays team. I, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it because I know it's, it feels like even yesterday feels so far away from that, but it's just been a, an interesting reclamation project for them so far. Well, and you're probably too close to the trade deadline at this point, the August 1st trade deadline. But what would that, what would a series of consecutive starts done for the Toronto Blue Jays in terms of their confidence with their rotation and going out and getting another pitcher to bolster it or feeling comfortable with what you have? I mean, there's a host of needs for the, for the Toronto Blue Jays heading into that August 1st deadline would that have taken one thing off the list and allowed you to focus on some others? I don't know. Jays and Dodgers tonight, 8-10, first pitch from L.A. Jose Barrios gets the start. Uh, he's been great on the road. His last six road starts, a 1.69 ERA, 102 whip, and a 194 opponent's average. So the Jays hoping those numbers will continue for Barrios tonight as they uh, head down the California coast to take on one of the best teams in baseball Still, the LA Dodgers, 57 and 41. They're atop of the NL West. They're 7 and 3 in their last 10. 57 41. Michael Grove gets the start, although uh, he hasn't had a great season. Just 2 and 2 with a 6.40 ERA. So a little bit lesser of a starting pitcher for the Dodgers going tonight. So if you're the Jays, start swinging. Try to take advantage of it. Yeah. Hey, look, it's going to be 32 degrees and sunny in LA. Like that makes me wonder. We're sitting at 33 and sunny here. Got to enjoy it. It's is a tease it, looking out here right is now. Is it too hot for you? Um, no, I'm in a t-shirt which just happens to literally match yours identically somehow, and it took two hours for either of us to realize. But hey, it's t-shirt weather. You should be fine the second you step out. I'm not gonna melt. No, it's, it's much better than the other. He'll give my. Of the he'll year, give my so. I was Are gonna we going to go have class outside like we would in elementary when it's really warm out? No. I Unless concur. you want to just abandon Cam. We can leave Cam in yeah. the studio and go do the show outside. We probably yeah. could. A couple remotes, do some streeters? We could. Taylor wouldn't hesitate. 
I'd be fine with it. I'll stay here. Okay. That's fine. I know where my sides are. I uh, can't be out there too long, though, because I was going to say my forehead will get sweaty, but just generally the head will get... You don't have a hat? I did not bring a hat. Mm. Because what I've learned... Rookie mistake. ...is with a shaved head, got to get that nice base tan going. Okay. Very important. It's It's critical to head into the winter months with your base tan already done so you don't look pasty from September to... July. Fun little tip I've got for you. I don't know if you'll ever need it. No. You're hey. you're looking good now. So far so good. Just saying. Although you could use a haircut. Yeah, it could it feels like I could. Thanks. Get 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 Should I get all get, of them cut? You should get Cam's guys numbers. Should like, I, yeah, should I get all of them cut at the same time or That's a really good joke, buddy. Just the one. Cam came in there with that this, <sighs> this morning. <laughs> Woo. Quit mowing my lawn. I'm the one with the yeah, bad dad, jokes. Dad joke Aaron over there didn't appreciate that. Oh, very I was much. livid when I heard you dropped that one. Aaron, dad joke Vickers, was not happy with that one. Nope. That's about enough of that. Learned some good things there. Uh, Jay's report with Taylor every day here on Sportsnet 960. Plus, the Jays aren't playing and there's no news, and we just don't make her do one. Uh, we'll Shit, have... anyways, though, really? Well. Nicer Aaron wants am. me to do an 11-minute Jays report at some point, and I don't know how that's going to be possible. The trade deadline breakdown, post-trade deadline. I don't think... The, just, the Blue Jays, like, historically don't do anything on what do you trade think, deadline day. What do you think they should do? Um, a bat for the outfield? Is it another pitcher for the rotation? Are you going reliever? What's uh, they, what? Please, a bat. Please. They need a new, like, another reliever in the bullpen. I They, like... Garcia has kind of been falling off, and I know that they just picked one up, um, and I will never for the life of me be able to pronounce his name. Can you try? Genesis Cabrera? Yes. I guess you um, knocked it out of the park there, Logo. I've just never heard it. I've heard it once. Again, Cam comes with just the, the middest of applauses and and I, uh, I forgot to load a new applause button. The one that's been on there for years is acceptable. I'll find it. Too late now. Did we when we had Croner on last week? Was it? Uh, did we go full or was it just a polite smattering of applause? That was like a, standard applause. Like a golf clap. Yeah. If you can hear that, that's that's the clapping that camp. Like the little us. snaps that they do it. Yeah. Like slam poetry. Yes. Yeah. Why, why was that the one you loaded up of all of them, Cam? Yeah, I'm going to go through and just scour and pick the best clap sound when I need it, or am I going to pick the first one that I find that is acceptable? The best one. Well, maybe I'll have to do that. Change your standards. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. True. Quality, not quantity, Cam. I have one. It's not even a quantity thing. I have one applause. I have two boos now because I have that boo earns. But I only have the one applause. Yeah, the one that sucks. You brought it up. The boo one, the first boo one sucked. That's why we changed it. Now we have boo urns. Yeah, well, took you long enough. Need like a a, a good boo, just like a great good crowd st- stadium boo, like like a Gary Bettman boo. Well, yeah, we'll record Taylor booing. There we go. We'll just layer up. her saying boo like seventeen times and play that. Yeah, maybe we will. We'll see. It's the summertime. Anything can happen. 
but we will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. A massive deal, potentially, could see another soccer star on his way to Saudi Arabia. But is he interested in making it happen? We're talking Pat Steinberg-esque money for Kylian Mbappe to go to the Saudi League. We'll tell you how much money it is and whether or not he's actually interested in the deal. That, as Sportsnet Today rolls on next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Aaron. Yes? Would you like $776 million to go play soccer? Does it have to be in Saudi Arabia? It would have to be in Saudi Arabia. What's the expectation of my level of performance? Do I have to be the best in the world? I'd imagine you'd have to be pretty good. And what are my other options? I mean, you could say no. Huh. I don't I I don't think that Am I coming from my current bank account or am I coming from a bank account of one of the best Football players. No, this is a Vickers conversation. It's coming huh. from your current bank account. Well, then I. You yes. suddenly have yes, a hidden I am, talent I am, that we are unaware of. Someone has discovered you. I'm aware of it. And offered you all of this money to go to Saudi Arabia to play to play soccer. The, foot, then yes, footy. we're we're done with this conversation. I'm on a private jet. I, it's probably mine at this point. If probably if I have that much money. Yeah. And yes, I, uh, I I can't lie. I would take that money. So it's easy for you and me to say because we have no money and we have now, we have no skill, really. Well, I mean. No monetizable skills, really. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That right. one's fair. Yeah. I mean, I like to think I'm skilled somewhat in yeah, things. It's just. Can we turn it into to real no, money? No. No. Killing Mbappe, however, at 24. His skills, you can monetize those skills. One Many of the have. best soccer player, one of the best soccer players in the world, plays for Paris Saint Germain. They have received a $300 million offer from a Saudi Arabian club to contact Mbappe and perhaps bring him over as part of the transfer window. So that would see him paid. $776 million U.S. for one season. But, according to ESPN, Julian Lawrence has a report that perhaps Mbappe not expressing much interest in the move to the Middle East as of right now. So the world record fee for the transfer right now is or $222 million euros that PSG actually paid to acquire Neymar from Barcelona in 2017. This would obviously crush that. But PSG and Mbappe have been in a contract standoff for a while. He says last month he's not going to trigger a 12-month contract extension, which is his decision. And they are obviously looking to monetize the assets. So he's going to see out his final year, which expires next summer, and then depart as a free agent, expected to join Real Madrid 
That's his intent. But this offer from a Saudi club has changed that. He's 24 years old. And just to just to put it out there, if he were to go to play for the Saudi Arabian Club, $776 million, that's $64 million a, a month, $14.7 million a week, $2.1 million a day, $88,500 an hour, or $1,475 a minute, or $24 a second, Aaron. Why, why would you do that to me? Like, I'm... I'm personally well, slighted that you would break it down in those terms. Feel lesser than we so are. So if he ran with this, he would already make more in the time I've been talking here. Oh yeah, easily. Than I would in a year. Probably yeah. In- and um, I'm just curious, what's the prime of, of a soccer player? Like I'm, I'm sorry. Do I do I still have a chance to run a few laps and 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 cash in or? Is it? Is this all? Did I miss my window? Without, without outing your age, I, I think you might have missed the window. Okay, just to be fair. Well, I mean, I'm like, doesn't surprise me. No, no, no. What would you do here? Put but, yourself if, in Mbappe. If shoes. I'm Mbappe, because he doesn't want to play reportedly in this league. Well, it's a, that's the whole thing is it's a lesser league, right? This right. is this is purely a money conversation. It's different if you're some of the former stars of soccer who, let's be honest, are, are past their prime and some of them have made the decisions. Messi went to MLS. Others have gone to the Saudi league to get as much money as they possibly can, but they understand that they're going to a league that is... Not well, as competitive. No, it's not. It's not as competitive. He'd be by far the best player there. He's also younger than most of these stars that we've right. talked about going there. Right? He's twenty four. With that, and just to play devil's advocate, sure. What's a year? If you can cash in and make three quarters of a billion, and then go to your team of preference in twelve months, what's a year? At the same time, what's the money? Because he's going to cash in wherever he goes at some point. Yeah, maybe not to that tune, but how much do you need? This is always the conversation, right? And this is the one that we can never understand, but he has to try to understand what's the difference between, say, and again, I'll never know this. Maybe someone on the text line is somehow nice enough to understand this and share the information with us. Aaron, I don't know what the difference between 300 million and 700 million is. I don't know what that means. It's all generational wealth. It's wealth that you can spend away if you want to, if you really tried hard at it. Could you? I think you could. You'd be trying real hard. There's a lot of stupid things to spend your money on nowadays. I think you could spend it. But, or if you're smart and you invest and you save it up, uh, your kids, 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 kids will have, you know, want for nothing. So, but I don't understand. I don't understand what the difference right. for an athlete is. Even you know ten to fifty. I don't know what that is. So for him, you've got to you've got to preface it as to I think legacy probably. Is there an element of because these guys will be competitive? You don't get to this stage if you're not competitive. Is there an element of I want to be the highest paid athlete ever? Does that factor into it, or would you rather just be the best player on the best team in the world? I don't know. When you're a kid growing up, do you talk about being the top player ever, or do you talk about being the top paid player ever? 
because there's plenty of guys throughout sports that have been paid good money but have never been near the conversation of the best player. Right? I mean, just just to play devil's advocate, no, your, no, when your kid it. thing is, is, well, you don't understand the difference Fair. between $100 and $1,000. Well, maybe you do. But... I mean, I think he's closer to being a kid than he is an adult at 24. For me, it's just, I, I think, I can understand why he would be hesitant to this because the spotlight goes away so much. You're chain, it's, it's the NHL to the... ECHL is is what I've heard people describe that kind of league difference. It's you're talking about a, a league that does not have the day to day competitiveness that he would have experienced at, at PSG or that he would see at Real Madrid if that's where he really wants to be. So what does that do to his marketing value? What does it do to his endorsements if he's there instead of somewhere more visible, more competitive, more marketable? Because we could be well, talking about loses, significant amounts of money on that front, too. I would say he too. probably loses money, right, given the political standing and the, like, I mean, there's just, let's be honest, there aren't the same companies worldwide that will invest in the Saudi game, given who owns it and their, you know, human rights record and all mm-hmm. the things that go in along. It's the same with Live Golf, right? It was, yeah. it's always going to be that hesitation so would i think that he would see a a drop off in in that for sure i I think there's no doubt about that would there still be some that don't care and and see it as an opportunity to market somebody sure i I think there'd be less i I, just i would have to imagine so yeah i i just again i don't know where that or does his brand automatically trump Anything else? If you're going to be the highest paid athlete in the history, well, of how much have you sport, heard of, of any of the other guys that have gone over to the Saudi League? How much since any of those big transfers have you heard of? Because I haven't heard much. No, and that's fair. But then again, I haven't actively seeked fair it out. Enough. But if you have to seek it out, maybe that's an indictment right there. Uh, in June, it was reported that the same club offered Messi 1.6 billion over three years. The money—they're so swinging. They're oh, swinging. For sure, they are. The money is undeniable. But again. Messi's at the end of his career and the prime of his career is behind him. Kylian Mbappe is 24 years old. He wants to win. He wants to be in a competitive environment. I think he wants to be in the heart of soccer, which PSG, Real Madrid certainly are more so than anything in the Saudi leagues. But again, where do you, how do you, how do you quantify that in money? Right? What's the number that makes you say, look, I, I'm willing to walk away from that level of competitiveness. You're still playing soccer. You're still competing. It's just you you would know it's at a different level. Or, would he be competing or would he just be going out there giving 25% because he's 100% better than the next I wish guy? I knew. I wish I could tell you that. I don't, I don't have a good enough feel. I'd, I'd, I'd be telling you stories from... Others' perspective who have watched closer than I have, but my understanding is is, is that it's a significant drop off in competition. That that's my understanding is you're a couple slots down in competitiveness. They just they don't have the the team to team talent that European leagues have, and I, I think for a guy as good as he is, I think you could argue the greatest soccer player right now. 
I would imagine that's noticeable. Whereas, again, with all due respect to to the former stars of soccer, you know, Messi, Ronaldo, those guys that have, have made their way over to the Saudi League, when you're 37, 38, is it as noticeable for you? I don't know. And it doesn't even matter, right? You've, you've probably achieved most of what you want to achieve, and this is a nice payday to finish out your, your career. Ease into a warm bath, which is retirement? You'd think so. It'd be a lot easier with six hundred, seven hundred million in the in your bank account. What kind of debate would you be having personally? Because he's making one hundred twenty-eight million annually right now in his existing deal. This other one is seven and a well, seven hundred seventy-six million for the seventy-six year. million for a season. You put it on me. I imagine you're hopping that plane. Yeah, if it's me, sure. If it's if it's my bank account. Then for sure, but again, I just th- and that's the biggest that to me that's the only and I don't I don't know if he's seriously considering it or not, right? A lot of these guys are so guarded. The one report we have from ESPN is that he he doesn't seem overly interested in it right now, and fair enough. That's an initial report. Uh, I'm sure he's going to want to see what else could be out there for him before making his decision. Um. If there is a possibility to move to a, a better destination in his mind in uh, Real Madrid, which seems to be the the popular one, to me the only thing you're debating is is legacy, right? And I mean, even then though, when it's all said and done, this is going to be a one year blip in a twenty year career. Not even I don't even know if blip's the right word there, but it's going to be the it's one twentieth ish of your career, depending on how long you want to play. I don't think. I don't think from a legacy standpoint, it tarnishes anything unless you really want to go into the geopolitical of. Well, of and I mean, I guess what's the pull to keep him there after he's None. there? None. I would imagine. It's not you a place. Don't think they're just tossing money at him left and right to keep him there. I, I mean, I mean, from his own perspective, you've already yeah, cashed I mean, in. From, I don't... Their, from their perspective, are they not going to do everything in their power to, to keep him? And they apparently have bigger pocketbooks than, than most when it comes to, to spending that kind of cash. That's again, that guy, then we're going from what's the conversation be from 300 million versus 700 million to 1.4 billion or 2.1 billion. Like everybody guess, loves I, money, but what do you, how much do you need? I guess lifestyle is probably a big thing, right? I, I don't know what his family situation is like. Are you willing to move your wife and kids if you have them or girlfriend to, to, to Saudi Arabia to live with you. I don't know. Uh, again, those are things that I'll never get to experience. I'm not uh I'm not the athlete here, but it's it's why I think it's an interesting conversation because right now or until today, really until this news sort of came out, you were talking about I don't want to say I'm not going to say has-beens because that's not right. But you were talking Post-Apex. about Sure. You were talking about Martin Brodeur in the St. Louis jersey or Mike Medano in a Red Wings jersey. That's how I'm going to try to quantify this. Matt Sundin in a Canucks jersey, right? It's good. It's, it was fine. It was still hockey, but it wasn't what you think of. And those were those guys finishing off their careers, right? Alfredson in a Red Wings jersey. It happened, but it's it's at the later end of their career, 
and no one's going to remember you for that. Mbappe's 24. What's the what's the equivalent of the best? Is that Patrick Mahomes going over to NFL Europe and and starting for the Edinburgh whatever's Dragons? <laughs> I, was, I was really ho- uh, Dragons is a good one. I was really just waiting for you to pull the name Ness, out there. Monsters, whatever. Is that is that the equivalent that we're talking about here? Because, but I mean, money's got to be the only pull, really. And again, if if we don't know that there's any difference between two hundred million dollars and seven hundred million dollars from a, a guy's perspective who's got I don't know ten fifteen years of of earning potential in front of him, then. I don't know that there's much of a conversation to be had. I feel like you'd still just want to be the best player in the best league. I think and so, still, too. And still make 50% of that when we're talking about ridiculous hundreds of millions of dollars. I think so, too. I think if we were talking about him getting 10 or $15 million a year with PSG or Real Madrid or wherever he winds up going, like if we were talking about a... A massive, and not that 200 to 700 million isn't a massive gap. I get it. But if we were talking about a guy that's incredibly underpaid and undervalued for whatever reason, say there was a contract cap and he could go from making $2 million a year to making $700 million a year, I think I'd be more more apt to see that as a conversation than than the current one that we're in. Okay, well, I've... This might not work, but stay with me. If you were offered four times your current salary to go over there and do your job, the exact same job, less competitive sports, less competitive industry, so you can be whoever you want to be, maybe it doesn't quite work because the jump from $150 million to $700 million is is different than this scenario. But like, what would it take for you to do your job there? And maybe that's maybe that's something you can extrapolate to a certain degree with his thought process of well, if I've already got this much. That much isn't that much significantly more in terms of what I'm going to do with my life and my money. We'll find out. It's interesting to see uh, the Saudi league clearly, though, one that's not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, if they're going to throw money at every potential superstar, whether it was it started with Live Golf and continued into the the football and soccer world. I wonder how, I wonder when we see one of these younger stars take a massive offer. It doesn't sound like it's going to be Mbappe, but I wonder who it might be, right? Like that to me is going to be an interesting thing to watch because they got more money to throw around than anybody, right? They've got the bank accounts to back it up, but so, you have to be willing to go. Fair. Yeah. And you have to be willing to put certain things aside, right? As this text comes in from Jeremy and Cocker at 960960, doing anything in the Saudi league is selling your soul. Some people that absolutely feel that way. Uh, this text says, I mean, I'm no rocket surgeon or anything. I think the difference is about 400 million. Literally it is. Literally, yes. Uh, this one says, come on now, nobody's worth Steinberg money. Dude's got bank, 100%. Uh, this one says, Scottish Claymore, former season ticket holder. I get that. And this one says it's Bobby. This is Bobby Hall as an example. Does that one resonate in the same 
I, I don't even... I don't even know. I would hesitate to call it a Bobby Hull situation. Just because of the backing and and everything that goes that layers into this Saudi Saudi league. Yeah, look, I mean WHA, NHL. I mean he was upset about poor salary for a long time, right? Again, I don't know that that Killian's feeling that way about his current situation. Yeah. Right, like I don't think this is a stand for, for better payment, across. He's n- he's not <laughs> across. He's soccer. not busting through the ceiling to help the next generation make uh, make more money. No, uh, this is the sports drive at five. Brought to you by our friends at Calgary Lock and Safe. Aaron, you want to make sure that you're protected. All right. You can ask them how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit CalgaryLockAndSafe.com. Busy program. Today, we had Stephen Ellis on earlier. Hour one was all hockey. News of the day, Jim Nill, contract extension with the Dallas Stars. Tony D'Angelo, back with the Carolina Hurricanes. We dove into that in hour one, hour two, all football, NFL, and CFL. Sean Merriman, former NFL Pro Bowler, joined us. Make sure you check out that chat. Plus a Stamps report with Patty Dumoff to the Stamps fell to the Ottawa Red Blacks. And we kicked off this hour with a Jays report with Taylor Jays falling in two of three to the Seattle Mariners, but kicking off a new series against the LA Dodgers later tonight. 810 first pitch on Monday night right here on Sportsnet 960 or on the Sportsnet Television Network. We'll be back tomorrow, Mr. Vickers. We will. Have yourself a great evening. We'll chat again. That was a statement, not a question. Just had a little well, upward inflection, infliction well, there. Understood. Uh, thank you again to our outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, for their great work today. Thank you for listening, whether live or on the podcast, and for all your interaction on the fan feedback line. At 960-960. This has been the Sports Drive. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Jays and Dodgers on your radios later tonight. But we'll be back tomorrow afternoon for another edition of Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan.